Okay. Okay. Welcome to this is Sarah Best. We are preparing for the Yom Halula of the Rambam. So, for Chavtevis. So, we've been talking for a couple of days about yesterday, 70, 70, 70, and 70. And we're in 770. And we learned a lot of kind of amusing parts and, and all about 70. There seems to be this tool of 70 that we learned yesterday that if you tune into the tool of 70, then when you're in a gullus, a darkness, you can morph in quickly into Geula if you have the tool of 70. So as we said yesterday, if you're on the way to becoming 70 years old, good news, right? If you are 70, even better news. And if you've been 70, then even better news. So it's win, win, win. Yeah? Okay, but there's this tool of 70 and it's in yesterday's audio. So what we, 70 is, Rabbi Lazar ben said, I'm here to do a job as you're nothing to lead the generation from darkness to light and to lead every individual. If I'm a leader that is taking the generation from darkness to light, then obviously a proper leader, the old style of leader just tells you what to do and you have to do it, and that's it. The new style of leader, I know this from a shir I heard in Montreal, the new style of leader does what? I'll leave it with a question and I'll backtrack for a second. There I was sitting in Montreal a few summers ago and um, Dr. Werner, 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 he's the principal member in the Bronx. So he came, it was visiting day, and he spoke about the Rebbe. And he said, a true leader does what? Creates leaders. A true leader makes everyone into a leader. Right? He's speaking about the Rebbe. A true leader looks around to make everyone into a leader. That's the new leadership. The old leadership is, I know, you don't know, listen to me. <laughs> right? Have a nice day. Right? But that, it used to work, and everybody, wow, the leader said what to do. Uh, yeah? But now we're in a situation where the leadership of Geula is a true leader creates leaders. So when Rebbe Lazar ben Azari says, I'm going to take you from Gullus to Geula, then he's obviously going to create leaders. Yeah? That means he's going to teach us how to be leaders. What are leaders? Leaders are people who obviously don't get stuck. When you think, what is the difference between the Rebbe and me? He's a Jew, I'm a Jew. He's a Chelek El I'm a Chelek El Okay, he's a Tzaddik, I'm not a Tzaddik. But what's the real difference if you want to talk in basic psychological terms? Right. Right. They don't get stuck. A leader doesn't get stuck. A real, they're not misspelled. A leader doesn't get stuck. Not affected by everybody else. He doesn't get stuck. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he doesn't get stuck. When he's in Mitzrayim, in the place of limitation, we all get stuck. I don't know if I'll ever get out of this place. We're in Mitzrayim. And Paris says, you'll never leave. Remember we said yesterday? No slave could ever escape from Mitzrayim. And so the leader says, so who says you have to be a slave? You want to get out? They didn't say only no free men can come out. So stop being a slave. We said the joke already yesterday, right? What was it? The joke yesterday was, um, uh, what was it? Mr. Babarovich, where are you, where are you, the old court cases of the blood libels, where were you between three and four? There was I between three and four. I was in kindergarten. There were you. Remember that? 
And they said, this, Mr. Babarovich, oh, what were you doing in kindergarten? He said, I was playing for the Miss Blocks. What was you doing in kindergarten? And then everybody's like laughing. And they say, order in the court. Or he says, order in the court. The judge says, order in the court. Order in the court. He says, oh, good, order in the court. Please bring me one coffee and two, two potato conditions. <laughs> right? So, oh, no, no, we were doing the joke. We were doing the joke yesterday about, I keep saying the same joke. That he has an, Mr. Babarovich has an appointment and, and he comes to the big rich man and he says, the rich man, the rich man says, you were supposed to be here at 12 o'clock and you came at 3 o'clock. You are late. And Mr. Babarovich says, I didn't come late. I came just on time. He said, what do you mean? Your appointment was at 12 o'clock and you came at 3. And what today I ask you is a, no, I told you to come at quarter of 3. And you, I, I, I can't, I told you to come, I can't, told you to come at 12 o'clock and you came at quarter of three. And what may I ask you? No, oh, sorry. No. Let's do it again. I told you to come at a quarter of 12. And you came, you slept and came here at three o'clock. And what may I ask you is a quarter of three? Quarter of three. Or quarter of 12. I'm getting it all wrong. Quarter of 12 is three. Anyway, I'm so massacring the joke. But he's saying, I told you to be there quarter, at, 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 at a quarter of three. So you came at 12 or something like that. Whatever. Anyway, what's the point? No slave ever came out of Mitzrayim. Who says you have to be a slave? Oh, I never thought of that one. Oh, that's an idea. Okay. So a leader makes a leader. And what is a leader? A leader makes a leader. What's the new kind of leader? Somebody who doesn't get stuck. And what else? He shows other people how to not get stuck. And if they get stuck in limitations, he shows them how to get out. That's a true leader. That's a true leader. Why can't you keep Jews in jail? Why can't you keep Jews in jail? They eat locks. <laughs> they, they, they eat locks. You, so, you, right? You can't keep Jews in jail. So, why can't you keep, you can't keep leaders in Gullahs. They don't get stuck. They eat locks. What? How do they tell you to get out? I don't know. That's what we have to discover. How they tell you to get out. But they, right, like, yeah, you're in Mitzrayim. You're in jail. You're in Mitzrayim. So, no slave ever gets out. So, it's like a joke. No slave ever escapes from Mitzrayim, the land of Mitzrayim. So the Jewish people say, ah, no problem. So what do you mean? Nobody can get out of here. So, ah, we eat locks. Don't worry about it. Can't keep, right? We eat locks. So we, we, we just, any locks that keep us locked into this place, we just eat them. And we get out. Kind of a joke. But why can't you keep Jews in Mitzrayim? They eat locks. Very good. So you understand? They eat locks. L-O-X. Okay. So when it comes to the Rambam, now we all understand what is the Rambam, what does Parsha Shmite have to do with Chavtavis? Chavtavis is the yard site of the Rambam. That's tonight. The Yomulul of the Rambam. And it, oh, hmm? Yeah, Chavtavis, tonight. Do you know what yard site it is? 20th, what do you mean what yard site? What years? How many years? How many years? Uh, wait, I, I'm going to sound real scholarly. Chavtalit is the Alter Rebbe. The, the, the Rambam was born in 1145 and passed away in 1215. 
Oh, my goodness. That is very impressive. Don't worry. I remember I memorized it a thousand. I don't remember why, but I remember looking it up. So pretty sure it was 11.45 till 12.15. There you go. Oh, you can't ask me a math question. So from the year 12.15 to the year 2023, whatever it is, I don't know, you know, pretty much, you know, so almost a thousand years, something like that. We have, thank you. So what, so what is the Rambam as a leader? The Rambam is obviously, yes, also the Rambam and the Altarebbe, they're your side, is four days apart. So they're intrinsically connected, and, 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 and their Avaita is a very similar Avaita, but right now we're going to focus on the Rambam. So his, his yard side is always connected to Parsha Shemite. He's the leader that gets us, shows us how to eat locks, how to get out of, how to get out of any, any mazar, any limitation. So, Obviously, whatever you, whatever you eat, whatever you cook, Arab Shabbos, you eat on Shabbos. So if, if basically whatever Parsha Shemites the whole week is about, that's somehow all connected to the Rambam. So one of the things we see about the Rambam is, what does his name stand for? Right, and also, Rambam's revise must side the Eretz Mitzrayim. We're going to see it in a second. It said, one second, let's go back, Parsha Shemites. Parsha Shmoy starts like this. These are the names of the Yidden who came down to Mitzrayim. Oh! Oh, he worked on, of course he worked on himself not to be said. Right. Well, he was amazing. Think about it like this. I mean, just a little bit of his history. Um, he was, um, he was the ADD kid. He was the AD, ADD kid, or ADHD. First of all, his mother passed away in childbirth. So that was already bad news, Arab Pesach. So his mother passed away in childbirth. So he was never brought up by his mother. That's number one. So that's already, oh boy. His father, and it's a whole story about the Shidduch, his father's Shidduch. How, it's, a, it's a very, very special story, but I'm not going to spend time on it. Um, and now his father eventually had to remarry. So he was like, he was the kid. It didn't work. It didn't work. Also, you have to understand, his mother, the, right, but the, the shidduch between, the, when his father, Rabbi Maimon, was really an older bacher and, and had a dream, I'll, I'll say it very quickly, and had a dream that he's supposed to go to a certain town and he's supposed to speak to the butcher and he's supposed to marry the daughter of the butcher and he has to get married. And he took it very seriously. He had a nevuah, something, very strong dream. And so one day, he, so he goes to the, the town and he's a, he's a leader, Rabbi Maimon. And he comes to this town, and he comes to the butcher, and he says, I'd like to, and, and, and the butcher says, Fadharav, Rabbi, what is, how is, it, why is the Rabbi honoring me? He says, I'd like to speak to you privately. So the butcher went home and changed his clothes and, you know, with shmata that he wore in his butcher shop, and sat down and served refreshments and said, well, how am I being honored by this great Rabbi? And the Rabbi said, I was told that I have to marry your daughter. <laughs> Dead silence for a long time. Obviously, you know you're a butcher, and this great rabbi wants to marry your daughter. So that's it. I don't know the rest of the story. They got married, and when she had her first child, she passed away in childbirth. Right? So not a simple situation. And then the Rambam is born, and he's like most of the youth today. You know, he says, "Father, say, new, learn, learn, gracious, baralaki, mesa, shemayin, and he's thinking, "Wonder what that looked like." 
Yeah, imagine there's some of the heavens and the earth as they're being created. And he's going off on this whole thing. I wonder what it looked like. And, and his father's saying, no, no, focus, learn. What would they diagnose them nowadays? Yeah, ADHD or, or exactly. How would they diagnose these things? At some point, yeah. And his father, his, his father said, you son of a butcher. You know, like, like he was the bad kid, like, like, like David Amelich. Like, go away, go away. You know, you just, you know, you'll never amount to anything. So it's, it's always the people who are told they'll never amount to anything that become the great. Yeah. Right. This, this is his father. Come from a rich family, right? And then you become the biggest businessman. He was so stupid in class, right? You know, like he was doing nothing and just disturbed. Right, right, right. And then he become the because he's the head. Oh, absolutely. So he's in class. Oh, absolutely. One sec. Oh my God, my God. But I can burn his eyes because. I didn't record it. What am I crazy? No. So, so what we're talking about is um. The, that the Rambam was a child who was not the average child. At some point, very, very, very young, he simply ran out of the base medrash, ran away from home. And, and you know, that's not the way I read it, maybe. But he ran away from home. He stowed himself in some kind of a wagon, and he made his way to a yeshiva, um, and he begged the rush yeshiva to accept him. And, and this was in Cordova. They, they lived in Spain. They lived in Spain. How I think he was six. I don't know. Maybe ten. I I don't know. I don't know. You know, I have to go back to the book. No, he wasn't eighteen. He was not of age. He was not of age. He was a kid. He was not of age to be in yeshiva. He was very very young, but somehow he was accepted to the yeshiva. I'm sure it's a whole story, and he became a very big big Torah scholar. And one day, I don't know if his father was devastated or looking for him. Right. So one one second. So he came. He finally came back to his town with Cordoba or wherever they were in Spain, mm-hmm. and and he came up to the beam and started to speak. And people said, "Who is this brilliant scholar?" And they said, "It's Rabbi Maimon's son," you know. And it was a, and from that point on, he was a scholar. But they were always on the run. They were always on on the run because the Amahad were were trying to get them to convert. So they were always it was always pogroms. So now, how are you going to write? Farum when you're running, you know, we can't even write Farum when we're at home sitting, you know, with coffee. He didn't have coffee, you know, how did he, he do it? He recorded it. So how could he be on the run? So he was always on the run. He was always like running out of the maker. And then, by the way, at some point, the way it says in the book, um, when they were leaving one of those places, I guess Cordova or something, um, he had a nursemaid when he was a little child, I think. He had a nursemaid who brought him up supposedly named Batsheva, supposedly. And he said, Batsheva, we're, we're running now. We're leaving. So why aren't you packing? Oh, I'm, it, it gets so emotional. And she said, I'm too old and I'm too fast. I'm too heavy to be able to run. I'm going to stay here. Oh, boy, it's so emotional. It's so hard. So he said, what are you going to do? But they're going to they're gonna ask you to, you know, bow down to... So uh, Allah, what are you going to do? First of all, he couldn't believe it. This was a surrogate mother. She's not coming. That's it. I guess not. I don't know. So, right? So she begged him for a bracha that she should be able to resist and not bow down. So later on, they found out she did not bow down. She died. 
of Kiddush Hashem, right? But they were always running, 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 running. He was always running. And then later on when he was older, you know, the thing with the doctor, he became a doctor and then, and then he, he was a, a Torah scholar. And then his brother suddenly was in an accident. But what, oh yeah, that story. Oh, that's a really very powerful story. He wanted to learn medicine. He had to learn medicine. <laughs> One second. He needed to learn medicine. So, because his brother suddenly passed away at sea in an accident, and now he has to support the whole family. That's it for the learning. And yet he's writing all these farms. You imagine? You understand? Everything about him is he's in Mitzrayim in a limitation, in a situation where anybody normal would give up. And he's just producing. He's just producing. Terror. So, but at some point he needed to become a doctor. He needed to support his, 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 his brother's family. So what happens? He got a job. They wouldn't let him in. Of course, the doctor wouldn't teach him. So he got a job uh, as the janitor. He pretended he was a deaf mute. And he got a job as a, as a janitor. This one's going to make me cry too. As a janitor in the, the doctor's office so he could watch the doctor and learn medicine. And they thought he was a deaf mute. So what happened? One day, the doctor was doing an operation. There was a worm in a man's brain, and they had cut open the head, and they could actually see the worm on the brain. And unless they pulled the worm out, the man would die. And the worm was obviously growing. But if they went in with instruments, they would damage the brain. They didn't know what to do. And he's watching this. And he's, he's, the, he's the janitor sweeping the floor. Oh, boy, this one's really emotional. So what does he do? He grabs a leaf. What is when you get all choked up, it's, it's easier. He grabs a leaf. Yeah, he grabs a leaf, and he runs over to the man's, the open spot on the man's head, and he holds the leaf right near the incision, right at the opening of the incision. And the worm crawls towards the leaf, crawls onto the leaf, and then they throw the leaf away. And the doctor looks at him and says, uh, I don't think you're a regular um, janitor. Something's going on here. Now, and then he thought, he knew that at that moment, the doctor would throw him out and say, you're a liar. You, you tricked me. Get out of here. I never want to see you again. And he would never learn medicine. Right? But he couldn't let a man die. So that he should become a doctor, which is some level. That's quite a decision. He just had to save the, his instinct was he just had to save the life of this man. Anyway, the doctor, I guess, relented and the doctor took him on and taught him. So he became a great doctor, etc., etc., etc. He was always fighting enemies, 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 enemies. He was always in jail. Oh, that I don't know. What's that? Oh, we went straight to the Aaron of and he begged. Right. Right. That's right. Hashem should open up his mind because he said, I, my mind is like a block. Right. Right. My mind is like a block. That makes me cry. Yes. Yes. Okay. So when we're, we're saying the whole thing about the Rambam is he went down to Mitzrayim. Harsha says, these are the names of the Yidden who go down to Mitzrayim. It's us going down into Mitzrayim. But we said the past couple of days, as you're going down into the place of limitations, where you're just blocked and constricted, you're actually coming up, you're actually coming up at the same time. 
When you're going down into the darkness, you're actually coming up into light at the very same second. So he was always in a situation of Habayin Mitzrayma. That's the words of, of, of the, of the Parsha. Going, coming, coming into Mitzrayim. And what did he do when he came into Mitzrayim? As he's going into Mitzrayim, what would we do? We cry. Life is getting worse. As we were going in, nobody was dancing with tambourines as they were going down into Mitzrayim. Right? Nobody was dancing. So what did he do there in a way that was fitting for his time? He achieved the union of Geula. A Geula Ruchnius, there was a very great spiritual darkness that was. And, right, because people were, in his time, people were very confused. That's why he wrote the guys that perplexed. Because people were very confused. So he came along and he created a Geula in this darkness where all of Yiddishkeit was one big confusion. And then, you know, the good are the good and the bad are the bad and you don't know where you fit and the mess, like now, right? So he created a, a spiritual geula relative to the darkness of Gullus that was then. Like, when you come out of, remember we said, the mitzvah is always remember coming out of Mitzrayim. That's what he was doing, getting us out of Mitzrayim. He went to Mitzrayim and he was always getting us out of Mitzrayim. And you could say, you know, somebody like, if somebody says, I'm going to show you how to get out of Mitzrayim. Yeah, well, you live in Texas. Like, nobody's going to take you seriously. Right? You know, very nice. Oh, you live in Florida, Irakitish. <laughs> right? You, li- you live in, you live in, uh, what you call it? Coral, Coral, Coral Springs? What's it called? You live in Coral, you live in Boca Raton. And you have a 10-bedroom ranch house. And you're going to teach me how to come out of Mitzrayim. Okay. Yeah. You know, right? Now, if you live in Mitzrayim in the darkness, and you're going to teach me how to come out of Mitzrayim, oh, now I'm going to listen to you. He lived in Mitzrayim. And and he said, I'm going to show you how to come out of Mitzrayim. While I'm in Mitzrayim, I know the trick. We eat locks, right? How to get out of Mitzrayim. Um, and that Mitzrayim, we said, you have to remember Mitzrayim at night, when life is not good. He also, he's the one one who prepared us for the Geula. There's only one Pisces that tells you the, the halachas of Yemaisa Mashiach. You know who that is? Who else do you know? Who, who do you know who teaches you the halachas? Not Midrashim. The halachas of what it's going to be like in Yemaisa Mashiach. There's only one. The Rambam. He's the only one. Everybody else is teaching you the halachas for now. He's te- look at... You know, you know, 11 and 12. Who is Mashiach? How do you know who Mashiach is? What does he do? What's it like? What? All of those halachas. He's the only one. So his name, Ramam, goes on. I think pardon, light a candle. We're not so, we're not so. We do, go to Hakil. We go to Hakil. So, so the word Ramam. Right, no, we go to Hakil. We go to Fabrangan. Now we call them Hakil. We see in the name Rambam, Revais Maisai Be'eret Mitzrayim. Many, many wonders in the land of Mitzrayim. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a question. Okay, so what we're saying is, so, the, so we're saying that the Rambam, Revais Maisai Be'eret Mitzrayim, he shows us how, by his life, you're in a place of total limitations where you feel like you're a slave to this darkness and you don't know how to get out of it. 
and and there are miracles that happen. Specifically, that's what Buffy Lagani is about this year. Buffy Lagani, I mean, it's, it's the famous part of Buffy Lagani. You take all of the insanity of the world, which Baruch Hashem, we have a lot of this year. You know, if you're looking for a lot of a lot of raw material for building the Mishkan, this is the best year when we go into Buffy Lagani because you take the shtus of the world, the sheker of the world, the lies of the world. Do we have lies today in the world? Oh, we have a lot. Great. So that's what you need to build. You know, the sheker of the world becomes the the karish, the beams of the Beit Hamikdash. So if we want a lot of beams for the Mishkan, you need a lot of lies. We have plenty of lies going on in the world today. Amazing. No, no, no. Where should I look for lies? I don't know. No, nobody has that problem. CNN, anything. You know what I'm saying? Just what you you name it. We've got plenty of it. So that means in a place where it feels very dark, we're here to build the Mishkan. I'm just saying, I'll be going into Basi Lagani, and we're here to make bring Hashem into this world through the Mishkan. And and he's saying, well, you're going to build it out of the lies of the world. Woo! Good news. We got plenty of it. So 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 that's the thing. In the place where you feel like, oh my goodness, we're stuck, and this is very dark. It feels fairly dark in the world today. Yeah. Right, but but it feels fairly dark in this world. They they really the food shortage and the money shortage and the banks and the this and the that. There's no end. You know. What? No, okay, but I'm just saying it's they definitely and every day when you feel it'll be okay, they 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 you know and the climate change, the climate blah blah, they come up with some new recipe for scaring you. They have an endless. It's like it's like the old comedy script writers. They would write these comedy scripts every week. They have these script writers who like, how can we get them scared this week? <laughs> you know, like Krabby Appleton, Rodden to the Corpse. You know, there's always a new darkness every day, a fresh, a fresh breeze of darkness and fear being sent through the news. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I can't. Oh, uh, right. So let it. Right. Right. Yeah. So the, uh, yeah, yeah. Right. 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 One second. So, right. So what we have here is a situation where the Rambam is saying, when you're in the place of limitation, where it's scary and dark, and you don't know how you're going to get out of this mess, we know that we're going to have the Gulamita Svashlema, and we're going to get out of this mess. If you ask me, I can't picture how we're going to get from this to that. I really can't. I, I, I don't know how the world is going to morph into, because it became so mm, something, I can't picture how we're getting from this dark gullet out into the eternal light of Mashiach. I know we are. One second, one second, one second. I know we are. I know we are. I, I know we are, but I can't quite picture it. So the Rambam is saying, in this place of Mitzrayim, Mitzrayim, of limitations, we can create unbelievable miracles. I'm here to lead you in this way. Follow me. I will take you there, and I will make you a leader of light. I am a leader of light in, from the place of darkness. From Mitzrayim, I create great wonders 
in the place of Mitzrayim. Revais might say the Eretz Mitzrayim. Rambam. And so, including, he did it spiritually. First, he had to do it in Tyra. He came to a time when there was such spiritual darkness and darkness in Tyra. Nobody, you didn't know what the halacha was. You didn't know what to do if a certain thing happened. Well, what are you supposed to do? I don't know. Not everybody was a walking genius in, in, in Gemara. You did not know what to do. And he put it all together. He put together all of the, all of Tereshabal Teh, and he put it all in one place where you could find out what to do. Because if you don't know what to do, that's dark. Then you're really stuck. What do I do? So if you're going to lead a basic Jewish life, and you want to, but you don't know what to do, the Ramam said most people right now in my time don't know what to do. They are in jail, spiritually and emotionally. It's scary. So they're looking at Greek philosophies and all that other stuff. He said, I will put the whole Tyra, the whole oral Tyra into one book, and I will show you what to do and make it very simple and very clear. So first he had to do it in Tyra because he's teaching us how to be leaders of life. Right. How to be leaders who do what? Leaders who take you from the darkness to experience great miracles and create miracles. And, you know, as Suri always says, the success was always also, all, the success was already created. The miracle was already created. I'm sitting here and saying, Oye Hashem, we need a miracle. And she's saying, he already created before. I don't want to say I'm just But he's saying, she's saying, the miracle was already, already created. Tune into it. So the Rambam is kind of saying that. If you find yourself in the land of limitations, just know that the miracles of Revoice Maise, the miracles, have already been created. Your job is to uncover them. And so he said, and what I'm doing is, I'm uncovering the miracles in Tyra and making it very simple. That's number one. And, and he gives us two, two ways of under, you know, two parts of Tyra. Halacha, what to do. Because you need to know what to do. And he also gives us a deeper, deeper learning in Tyra. And he gives us, he is the author of the Guide to Perplex. Are you perplexed? I'm perplexed. Right? Everybody's perplexed. Perplexed, confused. He writes the Guide to the Perplexed. And so, and, and says the Rebbe that, that the Rambam wrote a safer that was a myriad derech for all the generations. A, a lamp, a light, a, a lamp lighter. His safer was a lamp lighter for all generations. Beginning then, when they were in Mitzrayim. And from there, it, it went out. And not only that, he is the only one that lights up the way, you know, gee, what's going to be in your Yemais Mashiach? How will you know? How will you know when it's time for Mashiach? The Rambam tells you, how will you know who Mashiach is? The Rambam tells you, he's very clear. He said, well, that one's simple. And he goes through the four qualifications. He's from the base David. He's a world leader. He's, he's, he's completely, he's a, a, a giant scholar in all parts of Tyra, revealed and, and Kaninus at Tyra. Um, Yaakov Kol Yisraeli. He fixes all the breaches, all the problems in Tyre. He fixes them all. And he reaches out, and he brings all the hidden go in the ways of Tyre. I'm trying to remember. And he builds the, the, the Mikdash in his place. 
And when you see all of that, you say, oh, oh, well, that was simple. Now I know where to look. Now I know world leader, Bucky and Tyra, more in all, not just Gemara, not just Kaminius, all of it. Six is, he's the only one who everybody knows. Let's say everybody in this generation knows. Many, many years ago, there was somebody who said they were in Russia. It was way before anybody was able to get out of Russia. And they saw all these Sifrei Tyra, and they said, somebody has to save them. And they said, there's only one individual in the generation who's going to care enough to save them. And we know, you know, and so he went. He went to the Rebbe, and he said, what do we do about the Sifrei Tyra? I was there in Russia, and I saw Sefer Tyrus, and you're not allowed to use them, and it, 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 they're, they're trapped behind the Iron Curtain. And when the Rebbe said, leave them there, we will yet send more, because people will be learning Tyra in, behind the Iron Curtain. He said, I heard that he was so embarrassed, this is Rabbi Miller, he was so embarrassed and so uncomfortable with the answer, he didn't want to say it to anybody. I don't know, maybe I'm dealing with an old man who has these, you know, delusions. He didn't know what to do. But he knew if there's yeah, any... There were people hiding and still learning? There weren't people. No, but that wasn't the point. They had many more secrets there than, you know, than that. But he, he knew there's only one individual in the whole world who will take, launch a global effort to take care of this issue. Because not everybody, that's not everybody's shlichus. It's not my shlichus. I'm, I'm not going to launch a global effort. So he knew that the one who fits the qualifications of the Ramam says... He is going to launch a global effort. He's the only one. To care. Uh, mm. so, um, so what are we saying here? So we're just going to wrap it all up. And now, how many years did he live? Remember yesterday, 70? The Rambam lived 70 years. Remember we said 70 is the tool that takes you from darkness to light. That's sort of what Lazar ben Azariah said. The years of my life were 70. How does it say it? The Rambam lived 70 years minus 83 days. Because he was born on Erev Pesach. And he passed away on Kavkavit. How many days do we have starting tonight till Pesach? Right. Everybody says that. 83 days from tonight till Pesach. 83 days. I know, exactly. 83 days. So he was 70 years old minus 83 days. So how can you say he was 70? He, he lived 70 years because the 83 days correspond to I think, the 83 halachas that he put in his sefer. Or the 83 mitzvahs. Um, I'm trying to say for yes. Um, I, I, the footnote is cut off. But it corresponds to the 83, I think, mitzvahs or halachas that were collected in his sefer. So that completes the 70 years. He was 70. Of course he was 70. He is the one in Mitzrayim, in the place of limitations. He shows you, you know, hey, hey, what's you doing here? Well, I'm hanging out in Mitzrayim. He said, hey, man, we don't hang out in Mitzrayim. We don't? I don't know. I'm sitting here in Mitzrayim. What are you doing? He said, I'm getting out of here. He said, you're getting out of here? You can't get out of here. He said. Hey, man, only slaves can't get out of here. He said, no, I never thought of that. He said, well, I'm, he said, what are you doing? He said, I'm sitting in the trying and I can't get out. And the Raman says, I'm getting out. Gee, when are you getting out? Now. Right? Sorry for the caricature, right? <laughs> hey, boss, I'm getting out of here. And they, well, first of all, they came out because they said, 
if slaves can't get out, let's go out as free men. Oh, never thought of that. And not only that, said, and slaves had to sneak out. Said, well, let's not sneak out. Let's walk out in the middle of the day. Let's just go out as if we, you know, hey, we belong at Harsinai. We're leaving. Uh, hmm. They talked with gusto. Well, no, so the Rambam basically shows us all. What is the Rambam here to do? Show us how to get out of Mitzrayim every minute. How do you get out of your limitations? Follow the Rambam. I think we're in one second. Just a No, no. One sec. Oops. Okay, so to sum it all up, so we see that that's what he is. You need the tool of 70. Um, and he really was revealing fully what Rebel Ezra ben Isaiah said. I am like 70 years old. Because in order to achieve what Rebel Ezra ben Isaiah in the Pesach Seder, in the Mishnah says, is in order for me to show you how to do Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, Coming out of Mitzrayim, coming out of slavery, and coming out of limitations. Do you feel like a slave? I feel like a slave, right? You know, right? So, so we feel enslaved. Yeah. I mean, to be quite honest, yeah. We feel enslaved to, oh, whatever, I didn't get enough sleep, why, don't I, why can't I go sleep at 10 p.m.? Why can't I blah, 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 right? Correct. In other words, we're in charge of the limitations. They aren't in charge of us. We're in charge of nature. Nature is not in charge of us. We're like, oh, great, the laws of nature, here to help me. Here to help me. That's, that's, that's the way it is. And the Ramam says, I want you to look at Mitzrayim and say, I want you to look at every place that you're in and say, I'm glad I'm here because I can use all their tools. That's what he's saying. Even when we're in Gula, we want to get out of the stuck zone. Remember we said the difference between me and the Nasi Adar is the Nasi Adar just isn't stuck. Right. He never gets stuck. And I get stuck. So the Rambam says, I can show you how to never get stuck. I was, he, was, he was the Nasi Adar of his generation. He said, no, I don't get stuck. I specialize in coming out of Mitzrayim. I go to Mitzrayim and then I keep getting out. I eat locks. I get out of jail. And Right, see ourselves as a free person and let him guide us with his halachas and with his taira to take us out of with the tool of 70. Remember we said 70 is. You have a tool in which more or less the physical world has been purified enough that it's not standing in your way when you see, what it's saying is, when you see a limitation from the physical world, you laugh. You laugh. Oh, the car doesn't start and we need to get home. <laughs> oh, don't worry. Well, yeah. Not like, oh my goodness, what do we do now? You say, hi car. You think you're going to fool me. You're not going to start, right? Oh, come on. Like, come on. Didn't you learn the sikha about the tachan? <laughs> Yeah, right? Didn't you learn the, the sikh about Bittachan? You know, you're, you're going to start, and I'm going to believe you're going to start. And, and and the car is like, oh. You say that if you were giving a few people a ride? No, no, and I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. But, but, I, 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 I do remember. I went to a printer once. I went to a printer around here once, many years ago, and he said, oh, well, I can't print this thing because the machine suddenly stopped. 
So I said certain holy phrase, and and he said, huh, I guess it worked. Look at that. The machine started again. Great. Okay. But so what I'm saying is, yeah, what's the holy word? Uh, uh, holy phrases. Uh, you know, <laughs> holy phrases. You know, I'm on a recording. So anyway, so basically that's it. Uh, long live, you know. And so, so we know that, and so to pull it all together, so we're talking about we're coming to Chastavit, the Yom Halula, when everything is accomplished by the Rambam, he puts together the Mishnah Torah, he does it in the land of Mitzrayim, so he gives you Torah clarity in a place of confusion. Yay! I would like that. And all the other things of his Avaita that sort of fit into this 70-year span where I'm dealing with this physical world, and on this day of the Rambam's Yorzeit, he, what? Um, in the midst of all the stuff of the world, he basically becomes a lamplighter for Yidden for all of the generations. So, to finish off, that's who we are being empowered by the Rambam to do. So we can take advantage on Chof Tevis. Of course, last thing is, is Chof is Keser, crown. It's the crown of the month of Tevis. There are no, you know, big fancy holidays and all that, but it, that's it. It is the crown. 20, Kesser, it's the crown. And essentially, really to end off, I keep saying to end off, the Rambam is showing us how to finally step into what we started 3,334 years ago, which was two crowns were put on our head. As Matan Tyrant, we said Nasev two crowns. Where is that crown? Where is that crown? Because if I got those two crowns, I would be much more effective in the world and much more confident and things would be good. Ramam says, don't worry, I've got the crown for you. Fresh from Matan Taira. And he gives us that crown. He gives us that leadership ability. And he gives us the ability to give a crown to every single Jew and then every single non-Jew in the whole world so that we can crown Mashiach as Mashiach and have the Gulamites especially in this. So we should have we should have all the brachas that we need, ugly die, you name it from Alephitah, the Gulamitis Vashlema in the base of Mitzvah Shlishi immediately now.